Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Q. I want to do a Thanksgiving sermon, which is kind of what you guys expected me to do, right? And... And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a Thanksgiving sermon out of one verse. We're going to make it very simple because I think a heart of Thanksgiving should be simple, but it's only simple for those that are conditioned to be thankful. And so I want to talk to you about what it means to be conditioned to be thankful. We should be people that are intentionally thankful. In a world that we live in, when it's so easy to be negative, it's so easy to be contrary and and just look at the bad side of things. For every bad side, there's an equal amazing thing that God has done or is doing. These are the promises of the Word of God for His people. He intends no ill will towards you. And if He promises to keep you and hold you, that if He promises to be a strong tower to you in time of trouble, that He's your shield and bulwark, then whenever these things come against you, we have confidence that we know that we have those things to be thankful for. That He is the tower, that He will protect us with His own wings. This should bring us to a place of incredible thankfulness. But sadly, many of us aren't thankful. Because we haven't been conditioned to be thankful. We listen to the news, we listen to the guy across the office from us, we listen to the guy in the cubicle next to us, we listen to the guy at the gas station, and you ask people how they're doing, and they're all, I'm doing terrible. And you believe them. Sadly, though, they believe them too. But the fact of the matter is, all of us have something we can be, we can be thankful for. Many things we can be thankful for. But what if we didn't? What if we didn't recognize what those things were? What if we were like, Job, who had everything and lost everything. And instead of being like Job, we decided to curse God instead of being thankful to God for keeping us and keeping his promises towards us. What if we were like David, who was promised everything but held nothing? What if we were like Joshua, who went from family, the favorite, to slavery, from slavery to prison? Did he not have something he could be thankful for? Yes, all of these people had something to be thankful for. And because they maintained a heart of thankfulness, God blessed them. Not just Joshua, what about Daniel? who went from the throne room to the lion's den. Are you in a throne room? Are you in a lion's den? Have you lost everything or are you holding everything? Have you been promised nothing or have you been given everything? It doesn't matter which end of the spectrum you're on. Your heart is commanded by Scripture to be thankful. Praise God, we live in a blessed society. The poorest among us doesn't understand what poor is in regard to the rest of the world. 
But regardless, we should be a people that are thankful. Whether I have plenty or whether I have none, I should be thankful. Because in the none, I have the love of a God that sent his son Jesus Christ to die for me. And that is enough. That should be more than enough. Because this life, as you've heard me say a thousand times, is fleeting. You're not promised a minute from now, an hour from now, or tomorrow. Today is the day of your salvation because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But for those of us that are secure in the arms of Jesus right now, we have everything in the world to be thankful for. And we should keep thankfulness in our mouth. Psalms 86.12 says this, I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and will glorify your name forever. The psalmist wrote this. What a, de what a declaration. I feel like we should put this on a piece of paper, a sticky note, stick it next to our mirror as we're getting ready in the morning, and just say to ourselves over and over and over today, even though, blank, I will give thanks to you, O God. Even though, thank God, even though, blank, I will give thanks to you with all my heart. I will glorify, which means make your name bigger. Bigger than what? Bigger than my problem, my perceived problem. I will glorify your name for how long? Forever. This is such an incredible declaration. And we allow our circumstance to, di to dictate our attitude. And we can't do it because the Bible commands us, or the declaration is made, I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Do you have reason to glorify God's name forever? Amen. I know I do. You know, the Bible tells me that he hasn't left me or forsaken me. And so I have reason to give thanks. That means he's standing right here and he's in here just the same right now as he was the day I asked him into my heart and gave myself to the Lord completely. He's never left me, forsaken me. There have been times when I have forsaken him, but he is merciful and gracious and loving and kind. And for those things I am thankful. He hasn't forgotten the promise he made to me on the day, though my worst day, that I forgot my promise to him. He's never left me or forsaken me. He's never left you or forsaken you. It's a, it's a thanksgiving lesson, but I'm trying to encourage you to let you know that you have, not just on Thanksgiving week, but every day of the year, for every year of your life, for all of your life, to be thankful because He has never left you or forsaken you. He is always near to you and protects you, according to Psalms 23, 4. Oh, well, you don't understand what I'm dealing with. I don't understand what you're dealing with. I don't have to understand and I don't have to pretend or understand what you're dealing with. What I do know is that we serve a sovereign God with a providential hand that not only knows what you're dealing with, but has the ability to deal with what you're dealing with and move you in the direction to overcome that which you're dealing with. And that is something to be thankful for. Because God is good. He not only 
according to the word, doesn't leave me or forsake me. He's near to me and protects me from my enemy. But according to Jeremiah 21, 29, 11, his plans are greater for me than any plan I could have ever had for myself. I can remember time thinking that my highest standard of living would be less than the life that I live right now. I thought I would be doomed to be whoever I was at 15 years old. At 16 years old. At 17 years old. At 25 years old. I thought I'd always be a single divorced dad trying to figure out how to raise a daughter. I had no idea what I was doing. Always broke, never any money, and zero vision. <coughs> Excuse me. But God said, I have a plan for you, Jim Cubitt. And that plan is to prosper you. But not for your own sake, for my sake. And for that, I'm thankful. For that, you should be thankful because you fall in those same shoes. At the risk of a asking a question I probably may not want an answer to, how many of you guys enjoy having me as your pastor to some small degree? <laughs> I tried to whittle that down best I could. To some, some small degree. Did you know my plan for my own life was never to be a pastor? Even after I got saved and I knew God called me to the ministry, the greatest plan I could perceive in my own mind was working in the parking lot at Cornerstone Church. That's all I thought I was worthy of. And God made a way. I don't think I'm done where I'm going. I think this is ultimately my calling. I'll be doing a different room, different environment to more people. But I, I would have never thought that God's plans for me would have been anything more than the drunken, single, womanizing, 26-year-old that I was. But it was so much bigger. God's good. Not only that, though, and all of those things, God turns evil into good for my sake. Romans 8, 28. It's not exactly how I read this paraphrase. But whatever you're going through, this is one thing, and it's the reason I put it at the last here at the intro, is because if you have anything to be thankful for, you can be thankful for the fact that it doesn't matter what you're going through, which is an all-encompassing statement, God will turn whatever it is you're going through for your good because you love him and because you've been called according to his purpose. Well, Pastor Jim, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't have to because the word of God doesn't change based on your circumstances or mine. The word of God is what it is. And if God says he's going to watch over you, he's going to keep you, his plans are bigger for you than the plans that you have for yourself that he's never left you or forsaken you and that he's going to turn evil towards good, you better put a thank you in your mouth. Because we should be people of thanksgiving. In the face of whatever adversity might show itself. I read a statistic this week. 
I hadn't heard it before. It wasn't really a statistic, it was a story. The, very, the year that they had their very first Thanksgiving, talk about being thankful in all things. The year of the very first Thanksgiving in America, they dug seven times more graves than houses they built. I want you to think about that. They dug seven times more graves than they built houses and had their first official Thanksgiving. Does it, death doesn't matter to somebody that belongs to Jesus. I have the fact that I have a home to be thankful for, a car to be thankful for, a pasture to be thankful for. But that's seven times graves. I have death to be thankful for. Because death comes to all people. But praise God, those that belong to him won't taste it and definitely won't be stung by it. And for that, I'm thankful. I'm going to get to see those that have gone on before me. I have wept like a child the last few days. I don't know what people's problem is this time of year on Facebook. I'm putting all these old sad country songs about their grandpa on Facebook. But man, I got that grandfather that, uh, who, who, What's the guy's name? Uh, Randy Travis. That grandpa the, had the hat, looked like a halo, white shirt buttoned to the top. What's the name of that song? It doesn't matter. You guys get the idea. And then, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days by, by the Judds. And I just, I just sit and weep. Six foot three 200 none of your business pounds <laughs> sitting on my couch crying because the idea that the last time I got to sit beside my papa's bed and ask him papa what do I do isn't going to be the last time that I get to sit next to my papa's bed asking him papa what should I do and for that I'm thankful that all of us should be thankful the Bible dictates that we be thankful I'm going to teach out of one text today and that's it 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus so is it going to be a heavy theological sermon I'm keeping it simple on purpose because we've conditioned ourselves to not see the good. God wants us to see the good that he's given us. First thing I would tell you is it is being thankful is the foundation of Christian character. Being thankful is the foundation of Christian character. The first part of verse 18 says, In everything give thanks. Our blessings far exceed our temporal things as Christians. And I've talked about many of them. Our blessings are never restricted by what kind of job I have, what kind of friends I have, how I'm looked at by society, who will and who won't talk to me. 
the mistakes that I've made. I don't know about you guys, but if I could only be thankful based on the, the good things and the bad things that I've done, I'd be a wreck. Because I know my bad things exceed my good things. But God turns all things to good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so I'm thankful that as Christians we have so many things to be thankful for. Psalms 111 reads like this. Let me, you mind if I, I'm going to read this whole text to you. Psalm 111, verse 1 is the what we are to do, and verse 2 through 10 is why we are to do it. It says, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the company of the upright and in the assembly. Which means I'm going to give praise to God. doesn't matter who's around. In front of the righteous and in front of the group, I'm going to give praise and thanks to God. And here's why. Verse 2. Great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. Splendid and majestic is His work. You believe that? That the work of God's hand is splendid and majestic? Go outside and look at the sky. And His righteousness endures forever. There's no evil in Him. He is in perfect holiness. He has made His wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He has even given food to those who fear Him. He will remember His covenant forever. Which means He won't forsake you. I told you that a, a moment ago that He won't leave you or forsake you. His covenant with you is forever. He has made known to His people the power of His work and giving them the heritage of the nation. The work of His hands and the truth are truth and justice. And His precepts are sure. They are upheld forever and ever. They are performed in truth and in uprightness. He has sent redemption to His people. Man, if you could just isolate one thing to be thankful for, and to be thankful for always, is that God sent redemption to His people, which means He's redeemed His people. And we know that He redeemed His people through the bloodshed of His Son, Jesus Christ. He has ordained His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. Verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. Which means He's never undue our praise. You should get up in the morning shouting the praise of God. You should spend your day shouting the praise of God. You should go to bed shouting the praise of God. This is how we learn. If we learned, if we've been conditioned to be unthankful, this is how we condition ourselves to be thankful. His praise endures forever. Keep praise in your mouth all the time. Keep thanksgiving in your mouth all the time. How does the Bible say faith is built? Faith is built by the Word of God. Right? Hearing the Word of God. Faith is built by hearing, hearing the Word of God. Can I tell you, 
your faith is based on whatever you're allowing yourself to hear, I can't never get out of this hole. That's where your faith is. You're right. I'm not talking about name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. I'm not talking about anything like that. But I'm telling you, if you think you, you're a horrible person and you live like you're a horrible person and all you do is, is concentrate and focus on how horrible you are, guess what you're going to be all the days of your life? Horrible. Because you have no vision to be anything other than horrible. And God gave you something to be thankful for. Instead of saying, man, I'm going to be horrible all my life, how about you say, man, I'm going to be redeemed all my life. The power of God is going to be over me all my life. His grace and His mercy and His compassion hovers over me all the days of my life. And because of that, I stand on a firm foundation all the days of my life. I know all of these things and no enemy can come against me because God is with me all the days of my life. And if we start talking like that, if we condition ourselves to be thankful, then that which we have been unthankful for will be, will be minimized, not just in our own mouth, but ultimately in our whole life. You guys understand, I'm not saying, man, just start talking about, I need a Ferrari. I'm talking about stuff that matters. I'm talking about a heart that is absolutely focused on God. Now, if anybody wants to buy me a Ferrari, we'll talk about it. But that's not what I'm talking about. We have to be a people of thankfulness. We must be thankful all the time because God deserves our thankfulness. So 1 Thessalonians says it, in everything, give thanks. What's everything mean? Everything, everything means everything. All things. You are to give thanks in all things. Everybody say all things. All things, all things means everything. Well, how am I going to be thankful if I lose my job? Man, I'm so thankful that there's another job coming. That God protected me from whatever I didn't see. I praise God and am thankful that he's going to meet my need until that job presents itself. I'm going to be thankful that he covers me, that he holds me, that he watches after me, that he hasn't forsaken me. I don't have a job. I don't understand how God's going to turn that for my good, but the Bible says that he will, and so I'm just going to stand in faith that he will. And guess what will happen? He will, because he's not a liar. All things, which means we should even be thankful in our suffering. Being, being thankful and suffering is hard. Y'all ever read the book of Acts? Yeah. Acts got some crazy stuff in it, man. You read, you read the book of Acts. If you've not read it, let me encourage you. Just go read it. But I don't want you to read it like a fiction book because it's history. That stuff legit happened. And I want you to go and I want you to read the book of Acts, particularly chapter 5. And this is, what, this is what happens in the book of Acts chapter 5. I'm going to give you a synopsis, and then I'm going to read a couple of verses. So the apostles were talking about Jesus out in the marketplace. And the people got, when I say the people, I mean the Sanhedrin, the council, got mad about it. And they brought them into the council, and they said, pretty much read them the riot act. You're not going to preach the name of Jesus in this town, blah, 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 blah. 
Peter looks and says something along the lines of, who am I supposed to listen to, you or God? And they cut them loose, and then they go right back to the marketplace. They start preaching again, which is, I think is pretty awesome, right? They start preaching again. They call him back in, and they're talking to him. We told you not to preach the name of Jesus, and there's a guy that stands up that's a member of the council, and he says, listen, so-and-so came before Jesus did. He faded away because he wasn't the real Messiah. And then someone else came after that and he faded away because he wasn't the real Messiah. Instead of killing this guy and making a martyr out of him, or these guys and making a martyr out of them and progressing this movement, why don't you just see what happens? Give it a little time. It'll die out. And so they listened to him. And this is where this verse picks up. So they took his advice. And after calling the apostles in, because they told the apostles to go away while they had this conversation, they called the apostles back in and flogged them. They're going to let them go, and they're going to beat on them first. Flogged them and ordered them not to speak the name of Jesus, and then released them. Well, you know that's not going to do any good. They told them to stop speaking in the name of Jesus the first time. It's beside the point, though. That's how thankful they were for the salvation that they had. Speak in the name of Jesus and then release them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, the apostles, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. What? You guys ever been thankful for getting beat on? It says that they... They considered that they they rejoiced that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame, to be despised for the name of Jesus. They walked away from there exuberantly joyful and praising and thanking God for the opportunity to be persecuted. I don't think. They're, they're saying, man, praise God, we got beat on. You know what I think they were thinking? Thank you, God, for giving us an opportunity to preach the gospel in such a way that it moved the hearts of men that they felt like this was their only option to shut us up. But little do they know that we hold the power of the Holy Spirit and they're not shutting us up anyway. And so we thank God that he's going to continue to strengthen us to do that. You know? And we should be that thankful. Don't be silent in the marketplace. Speak in the marketplace. Don't abdicate your responsibility in the marketplace. Stand up on that soapbox. Speak against the sin. Tell people about Jesus. If you're going to offend somebody, the guy that you work with or Jesus, which would you rather offend? Unless your answer is the other guy, don't, don't tell me. Because I'd rather offend the other guy than Jesus. Jesus died for me. But even in that suffering, they were thankful. All means all, even when we don't understand why. I broke my back at the police academy fighting years ago. 2000, we'd been married, what, 18 months? So 2007 probably. This guy fell on me, folded me in half, kind of a, kind of a very heavy set guy, couldn't control himself, bent me in half and ruptured my L4, L5. Was that right? 
somewhere, somewhere down in here. And I tell you, I still suffer with it. So much so that we were at the Hobby Lobby last night and I had to sit down while she shopped. I hate it. Because it hurts. Sometimes I have to call my wife. This is sad. I had to call my wife in and take my socks off. Anybody ever had a back, back hurt like that? But you know how thankful I am? She's like, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> really, that, of all the stuff, that surprises you? <laughs> oh. Um, so, I got a good wife. I'm thankful for a good wife. But my point, the reason I bring that up is because in the pain that I've that I've felt every day since then, sometimes lesser, sometimes greater. I'm thankful for that pain. Can I tell you why? Because that pain, before, before I broke my back, I was super arrogant. I was strong, I was tough, I was, I was pretty good at, actually I thought, I think really good at what I did for a living. And had I not injured my back, God would have never, I don't know that I would have ever seen the humility that God was trying to show me in my dependence of other people, in my dependence of him. Had he not allowed me to hurt my back, I think, I don't think I'd have ever left the police academy. I don't think when the calling of God fell upon my life and the opportunity came for me to, to take it, I would have taken it because I would have still been a success there. God allowed my back to move to move me. And I'm thankful for that unknown pain. Because I didn't realize that. I didn't come to that revelation until three years ago, maybe four years ago. I'm thankful to God for that. We don't have to understand what we're going through. We have to be thankful for what we're going through. There's a hymn. That hymn's titled, Though You Slay Me. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, the song. There are times when I've got different stuff going on in my back or whatever. I'll be laying in bed and I'm just flat on my back. If anybody in here got back problems, you maybe know what I'm talking about. You're just laying on your back. You know you're not going anywhere. You just got to ice pack and then heat it and you're swapping back and forth. And when I just, I feel like I can't take it anymore. When I get to a place of frustration, I'll, I'll get my phone out and I'll play this song, Though You Slay Me. And here, here's the chorus for this song. Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. And sing a song to the one who's all I need. My job is to praise. Regardless of what's going on around me. Regardless of the suffer. Regardless of the struggle. Regardless of the sickness. Regardless of the circumstance. The employment status. It, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what my job is? To be thankful. You know why? Because it's the command of God over the Christian's life. Which is the second point that I would make today. Being thankful 
is the will of God. Being thankful is the will of God. Verse 18b says, For this is God's will. Thankfulness is a Christian obligation. Did you know what the will of God is? The will of God is the command of God. The will of God is the word of God. When God says, it's my will that you do this, guess what? That means he, you need to do this. It's not a recommendation. It's saying, this is my will for your life. And as a Christian, because you've submitted yourself to God, you've submitted yourself to the will of God, which means that you are obedient to whatever it is God wills. And if God wills that you be thankful, then to be anything other than thankful is sinful. And anybody that isn't obedient to the word of God, to the will of God, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That got real serious real fast. But that's the truth. Being thankful. Why would God not want us to be thankful? All the incredible things he's done for us. My kids, I haven't done near what God's done for my, what God has done for me, I haven't done near that for my kids. But you know what makes me mad when they're not thankful for what they've been given? Imagine a perfect God giving you perfect gifts and you using them imperfectly or not being thankful for them or discarding them completely. Wouldn't he have a right to be mad? Absolutely. Because you're showing that you don't care what he thinks. You don't care what he desires of you to do. He who is obedient proves that he loves me. He who is obedient, I will reveal myself to. He who is obedient, will I take my abode with him. He is who is obedient will spend eternity with me. All of that out of John 14. These are truths, obedience of the will of God, because the will of God is the command of God and you're all Pastor Jim how am I supposed to know what the will of God is read the word of God people are, it's, it's, it's almost comical because you see it it's not comical it's, it's almost comical because you, you want to laugh so you don't choke nobody but you see people man I don't know what the will of God is and when, when they open up their Bible it sounds like this <laughs> And then there's a puff of smoke comes out of it. <laughs> and they got to blow it off. You know why you don't know what the will of God is? Because you don't know what the word of God is. And that's just simple as that gets. Our responsibility is to know the will of God. Romans 2, 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove. What is prove? means to show evidence for what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You want to know what the good, perfect, acceptable will of God is? Allow your mind to be transformed by the word of God as revealed to you by the spirit of God. And a transformed mind will always be a thankful mind. Number three. 
Be thankful because in Christ you can be. 18C, for you in Christ Jesus. Herein lies the greatest truth. Our thankfulness is founded in our position, not our condition. Did you hear me? The basis of our thankfulness is founded in our position, not our condition. Because I believe in Christ Jesus, I'm thankful. It doesn't matter what the condition of the world is around me. I'm going to be thankful anyway. And what is our position? Our position is in Christ. Colossians 3.3 says, For you have died, and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. I've added some additional text to elaborate. And this is, this is how I've written it. For you have died. The old spiritual you no longer exists. And your new life has been hidden with, completely swallowed up in, Christ and God. The old you's gone. The new you swallowed up in God because of Christ Jesus. Praise Jesus indeed. Because the old me is horrible. The new me is redeemed, bound by grace, the recipient of compassion. We are in him because of him. He paid the price for us. He paid the price that we could be thankful. He shed his own blood so that we could be forgiven. He had his body crushed so that we might walk in wholeness. Every blessing, every reason we have to be thankful is found in Christ Jesus. He did it. People say grace is free. Wasn't free to Jesus. Why am I thankful? I'm thankful because according to the word, Jesus didn't see godly God hanging out with God is something to be grasped but instead came down here to earth to prove to us that righteousness is possible people talk all the time about the sacrifice of of Easter you know what we never talk about the sacrifice of Christmas I think they're equally sacrificial Jesus left everything perfect and was born in filth and dirt so that he could love you or so that you could love him. He lived a life of perfection. When his time came, he resolutely set to, out to Jerusalem according to the word, which means with, a, with an iron face as though a face like flint, immovable and unshakable with absolute conviction, knowing he was going to Jerusalem to die for you, went to Jerusalem to die for you. Allowed himself to be beaten, and not just beaten. Punched in the face some up to 600 times, because that's a Roman cohort. Striped across his back, crushed. Bone exposed. 
bleeding profusely. They put a a purple robe on his back. Mocked him some more, blasphemed him some more. All the while, that blood congealing into that purple garment. And then the Bible says, then they ripped it off, exposing all those nerves again. With all of those nerves and all of that blood shed, he's told to pick up a rugged cross, a rugged beam that probably smelled horrible because he would not have been the first person. They didn't make a new cross for Jesus. And he carried that bloody, mangled cross down a stony street. And every time he went from stone to stone, I've been on that street. That cross, that timber would have fallen just a little bit and would have redug those timbers into his back. And he suffered that whole walk. Finally got to where he was going, and according to the word, they nailed him to the cross, to that cross beam. Let him suffocate there. Stabbed him in the side with a spear till he gave up his own spirit. Why? So we could have something to be thankful for. So that we could know that his compassion and his mercy and his grace are great. Amen? And so I think think about thanksgiving and I think about all of these things and all the reasons why we have to be thankful and I think the, the thing that we have to remember most is Jesus is the thing we have to be most thankful for and in thanksgiving as we're remembering all the wonderful things that God has given us let us keep in remembrance the greatest thing God ever gave us which is Jesus Paul said, do this in remembrance of me. Speaking of Jesus. So we're going to take communion today. Because I can't think during Thanksgiving any better table for his family to gather around than the family that remembers the sacrifice that he that he posed. And so as they as they pass out communion, I got a couple texts I want to read you. These are prophecies from the Old Testament. Psalms 22. Everybody's familiar with Psalms 23. Let me read a portion of Psalm 22 to you. Psalm 22, starting in 11. Actually, I'm going to start in 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. And you lay me in the dust of the earth, of death. For dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all of my bones which Jesus would have been able to count his bones the way the flesh was torn from them. They look, they stare at me, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. 
Isaiah 53 continues with a prophetic statement concerning Jesus' crucifixion and the reason why he died. In verse 4, it says, Surely our griefs, our sicknesses, he bore. And our sorrows, our physical, mental pain, he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he, has, he was pierced through for our transgressions, our violations of the law, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities, our wickedness. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. This is what we have to be thankful for. And in all of this, this, this most amazing thing, and I, I say this every time we do communion because it just it blows my mind. It should blow your mind. In verse 10, it says, The Lord was pleased to crush him. His dad was pleased to have all of that done to his son. I struggled with that for a long time until it, it dawned on me. The reason it, it made Dad happy is because it was the avenue for us to get to Him. That's how much you're loved. That's why you should be thankful. In 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul's given communion or discussing communion with the Corinthian church. And this is what he says. I know I read it backwards because I, I think it's necessarily so. Verse 27 through 31. He says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. What's Paul saying? He's saying, hey man. He ain't saying it just like this. But he's saying, hey man, before you line yourself up with the blood that was shed on your behalf and the flesh that was ripped on your behalf, make sure that you're under covenant. Make sure that there's nothing standing between you and God or this sacrifice means nothing to you not only that but you place a curse over your life because you're lying to God saying that and to the people around you that you are who you say who you are not I like to call this this meal in addition to the, the communion sacrament the meal that heals and this, this is why because I believe that if the Bible says something, then the opposite must also be true. It says this, For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep for not taking it rightly. Which 
Which is to say, if you do take it rightly, there's a wholeness, a healthiness that's available to you. So we're going to pray. This is what we're going to pray. I want you to pray and judge yourself so that you don't be judged. Examine yourself. Anybody that ever offers you communion that doesn't offer you an opportunity of repentance first, stop and tell them to stop. Because I don't want you under a curse. You don't want you under a curse. God doesn't want you under a curse. And it's as simple as a prayer of repentance, a prayer of personal self-assessment. You might not have anything to ask God forgiveness for, but you know what you can do? You can be thankful. Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we love you and thank you that you've offered us the sacrament of communion. God, that we can remember physically the blood and the body that was poured out and crushed of your son Jesus for our behalf, on our behalf. God, that he died on a cross, a horrible death, so we can have the opportunity to come boldly into your throne room expecting to receive grace and mercy in our time of need. But God, we also recognize as confidently as we can do that, God, there may be something standing between you and I. God, if there's anything that I haven't already repented for, that I haven't taken notice of, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, can you show me what that is so that I can cut it out of my life? If there's any person in this room that hasn't given their life to you or has got sin in their life, God, we're not trying to condemn them. We're trying to make sure that they are right and understand your, your expectation of righteousness in us. But if there's any person in this room that needs to give their life to you, Lord, or recommit their life to you, Lord, or just move a pet sin out of their way. I ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you begin to work with them even now. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you tell us that if we ask you to forgive us of our sin, that you do it, that you're faithful to do it. And I praise you, we praise you, we thank thank you for who you are. During this Thanksgiving, season let us keep in constant remembrance of the love that you've shown us in all the reasons regardless of our circumstance physically god that our spiritual circumstance is beautiful we praise you we thank you for everything that you've done for us and everything your word promises you will do for us in jesus name we pray amen verse 23 For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. That the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you, do in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You remember what's been done on your behalf and be thankful for it because it's God's will and you have the pleasure of doing it because you're in Christ Jesus. Amen? I love you guys. Let's, uh, let me close it out in prayer. Father God, thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for your wonderful word, for these wonderful people, for all the things that we have to be thankful for, whether you revealed them to us yet or not. Teach us, condition us to be thankful people, to keep good words about who you are, to honor you in everything that we say and do, to look forward to the promises that you've spoken of our life, look forward to them coming to fruition and see those that have already come to fruition and be thankful for those too. God, I pray a special blessing over every household that there be provision, that there be love this season like they've never known, that you show yourself like you've never shown them, that you reveal yourself in a mighty and magnificent way. God, this week I ask, no, not just this week, every week, I ask that you give us eyes to see people who are hurting. The fact is, God, there are people that are conditioned to see bad things. Let us be a good thing in their eyes. Let us see them. Let us reach out to them. Let us touch them with the love that only you can give them so that ultimately they may come to know who you are too. I praise you for it. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.